Amazing. Thank you so much, Van. Guys, why don't we take a seat? Happy New Year for those of you who joined in a little bit after the beginning. Um, Owen did say that. He was kind enough to wish us Happy New Year. I hope you all had a lovely Christmas break. And now that it's the new year, that you've had a, start to have a little think about what you want this new year to look like. Maybe you might have made some New Year's resolutions. Uh, let's figure that out. Who here has started to make some New Year's resolutions? Young or old, kids, this means ideas that you have for the new year, things that you'd like to do in this new year. Stephen Dudley has one. What is it, Stephen? I'm more intimate time with Jesus. More intimate. Wow, that's, he started off well, guys, hasn't he? He's very, very holy. Maybe those of you at home, join us on the chat. Let us know what your New Year's, are, uh, new year's resolutions are. Charlotte, I see a little hand there. How about you? Read more of the Bible. Gosh, we've started really holy. I wasn't expecting that. Anyone got anything slightly less holy? No. Okay, that's fine. Oh, Ollie Dudley. Yeah, there's hope. There we go. Eating a meatball sub. That's what. We... <laughs> At least someone's being real in the room, let's be honest. Yes, time for the New Year, New Year's resolutions. I, I've started to have a little think about this, and um, I really think my way forward this year is, is Pilates. I've decided that's, that's the way forward because I really want to grow my core strength. I want to work on my core strength, and I've been doing some research, and I think the way forward is Pilates. And something they teach you in Pilates to develop your core strength is something called a plank. Who knows what a plank is? Lots of people, that's great. Who thinks they're good at doing a plank? Great, who would like to come up and have a little healthy, healthy competition at the start of 2022? That's great, if you think you can do a good, good plank, come on up. Luke, I see you, anyone else come and join me? Yes, yeah, some volunteers. I'm sure um, my friend Owen would like to come and join this competition as well. Anyone else want to do a little, a little plank competition for, oh guys, this is strong. Owen, you're going down mate. Yes. It's not just the boys. Here comes Reverend Lena Harris. We love this. Guys, take it. Do you, guys, do you all definitely know what plank is? I need to demonstrate. Well, we can go full plank or half plank. Full. Full. Okay, so full plank. Again, if you're at home, please join in. Tell us what time you get online. We really like to know. Full plank. We go full extension of the arms like this. Legs out to the back. Nice straight body. You can go on your elbows if you want, Luke. There we go. Wow, look at this. Wonderful planking. Oh, and that's terrible. Have we yes. Come on, girl. We love this. Yes, guys. What a wonderful competition. Isn't it amazing what can happen when someone gives you a microphone and you tell people to do something? This is fantastic. We could be here for a long time. I didn't factor in how long these guys might be able to hold this for, but I'm really impressed. Who, who, who are we laying our bets on? Not that we should gamble, but who are we laying our bets on? <laughs> I'm really impressed. Guys, you're doing very, very well. You are showing me up and showing me that I really do need to, to work hard this year. Maybe we can do this again this time next year and I'll see if I can beat <laughs> you all up for my Pilates year. I'm going to give us another 30 seconds and if we all make it to the end, um, I'll go and buy some prizes. <laughs> give them to you. Playing the sound. <laughs> Let's count them down. Ten, nine, eight, 
eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, yeah! <laughs> oh, brilliant. Good job, guys. Thank you very much. Give me some high fives. Beautiful stuff. I will find you some prizes at some point. <laughs> that was amazing. Gosh, I've really got to aspire to more this year. So I really think Pilates is going to be the way forward, and I really need to work on my core strength. I think God this year is inviting me to, to try harder, to learn how to improve my core so I can, I can hold myself up, and I, can, I don't need to rest. I can just keep going and going and going, and I think a plank is a good way to start this. And then I've got some, some more ideas, but... I think now I'm stood here in front of you and I'm, I'm saying all these things. Something's not quite sounding right to me, I think. I'm going, I'm going off the wrong way some, somewhere, Owen. It's interesting you say that, Emily, because I was just thinking that maybe what we need to do is hear from our reading at this point that might yes. just inform some of your New Year aspirations. I think it's a so good idea. Karis is going to come and read from Hebrews chapter 4 starting at verse 9. If you'd like to open it in front of you, you're very welcome, or you can just listen along. Karis, over to you. Hebrews 4, verses 9 to 11. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. Very good. That's Thank amazing. you, Karis. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, yeah. which is a bit of a puzzle, but hopefully, maybe after the band have led us in another song, Emily, you could come back and tell us what you think that might mean. That'd be really helpful. We can helpful. only hope. Brilliant, thanks. <laughs> Guys, why don't we stand Let's and we're, stand. Gonna, we're gonna worship together and then we'll come back again.
you guys that was beautiful guys why don't we take a seat again and we're gonna we're gonna start over we're gonna try this thing again Owen thank you for that challenge and reminder thank you for pointing me to scripture isn't it such an an awesome thing when friends and family of Christ just take you by the hand and lead you back to the straight and narrow path um and I'd love to say that that moment of silliness, that that first part of this talk was, was a pure joke and that I knew how completely wrong I was to say those things, that it was utterly absurd to even think that way, to think that Pilates was the way forward in 2022. Um, but I think I find myself falling into that way of thinking way more than I'd like to acknowledge. At the start of every year, whether I like it or not, I always seem to come up with the same, same few ideas of, of how to make the next year really brilliant. Um, they tend to go something along the lines of, Emily, this is the time to finally get in shape. This is the time to be healthy and eat really well and exercise really well. And also, Emily, this is the time to, to strive really hard at doing something significant and important for God's kingdom. And then, and then often the genius behind how I'm gonna do all of that is that it all lies in my willingness to do it and my ability to do it. And I'm gonna muster up the strength to achieve all of these things I wanna do in the, in the year. Um, and it's a bit of a tricky one because to some degree, these things in part are not wrong and, and are kind of good on one scale or another. God made our bodies. So we should care about them. We should nurture them well. I should aim to be fit and healthy, but not because the world tells me that's the most desirable thing, but because I want to look after what God has given me. And, and it's not wrong to really want to be used by God for the goodness of his kingdom, to be sold out, to follow in his will and his ways. But it is a problem when I strive for that more than I long for a relationship with God or when deep down I'm doing those things because I want people to praise me and affirm me for being some like 10 out of 10 Christian. It's all about where these resolutions come from. And it's also all about remembering that relationship is far more important than resolutions. And this is where God's word, the scriptures we're given to, to take hold of and cover ourselves in, they carry so much truth, so much helpful challenge, uh, a fruitful punch to the gut sometimes, the ability to bring us back onto the, the straight and narrow path. And what an ideal chapter to cling to um, uh, at the start of this new year. I'm gonna read it for us again, actually, because it's just awesome. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Therefore, let us make every effort to enter into that rest. And I know 
if not all, uh, some of us, if not all of us, will already be feeling the pressure to make this year brilliant and make ourselves better and tick off the list of all the things we want to achieve. But here in, the, in this verse, God is cutting through all of that and simply says, for those that believe in me, there's a special kind of rest you can enter. And you should make every effort to enter into that rest. That's it. With the millions of ideas and decisions we're bombarded with every day, we have a loving father who is just saying, in my presence, you'll find rest. So put all your effort into being in my presence. Like, what a huge breath of fresh air that is. God is wanting to start off this new year with a message of complete kindness and love. He's taking off the pressure, he's lifting off the load because Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. He's simply extending to us the beautiful invitation to enter his rest. As it says in Song of Songs, to come away with him. It's no long list of resolutions. It's not even a list of all the ways he wants to grow you and refine you or his plans for you. It's just one thing. Come and be with me. Enjoy me. Just for Christmas, I had the, the honor of having a wonderful soul-restoring coffee with a good friend of mine. And it was one of those times that God really kindly reminded me that he, he can speak anytime, anywhere, and he loves the beauty and simplicity of those normal occasions to just swoop in and hit us with a great golden nugget. <laughs> um, so we were having this coffee and there I was rabbiting on about, oh, I'm really excited about the new year because I think I'll have a lot more capacity and a lot more time and space to, to think about and to get in tune with what God wants to be working on with me, what we need to like sit down and sort out together and sift through and I need to grow in and, and figure out and... Um, work my way through. And my friend turned around and said one of the most helpful things to me I've heard all year. She said, but Emily, why do you always need to be working on something with God? Sometimes God just wants to splash around in a river with you. You're not his project, you're his child. And, and that brilliant bit of wisdom I mean, really cut me to the core. But it also, it led my mind to all of those, those movies or TV shows or books where you cut that classic storyline of, um, and I'm not trying to offend anyone here, by the way, the classic storyline where you get the really pushy parent who's, who's solely focused on their child needing to get everything right and be this massive achiever and have all of the success. And then often at some point in that storyline, the relationship breaks down between the child and the parent because there's, there's too much pressure going on and... Um, Parents piling it on. And then often we see in the end, the parent comes around and they come to realize that all their child wants is, is their love and their time. They just want to know that their parent loves them just the way that they are. And I don't know about you, but far too often I walk around life with the mentality of that child where I, I think and I feel that God's laying on too much pressure on me. And all I really want is for him to just tell me that he loves me as I am and that he just wants to spend time with me. And the world and the enemy is totally blinding me to the fact that he's already the father I want him to be. He's with me always. He's available to me every moment of every day. He waits for me. He gets excited to hang out with me. He's jealous for my time. He loves it when I come home. 
Yes, he does care about how I'm doing and he wants more for me when I get things wrong and he does have big plans for my life. But more than any of that, he just wants his child. He just loves loving his children. And I think far too often we shy away from slowing down and sitting still with God because we're just scared of what we're gonna find. We're scared of what God's gonna say or not say or bring up or ask of us. But what if God is just desperate to tell you why he loves you or help you to discover more of him or heal you where you're hurting or give you inside knowledge into how to love somebody else really well that day? What if being alone and sitting still with God is the best part of every day? One of my favorite things my mum does is, is a really small thing, but it always really turns my day around when she does it. Every so often on a random day, at a random time, she'll text me saying, I love you billions, just saying. And there's no agenda and there's no other text that follows, like can you come home and look after the dog or anything like that. <laughs> she simply just shows me that she thinks of me and always wants to make sure that I know she loves me. And what if every morning or every night or several moments throughout the day, God is reminding you to enter his rest, enter his presence, so he can just say, I love you, just saying. You woke up late and you missed your quiet time and you're in a foul mood and everything's going wrong at work. God still wants to drop in and say, I love you, just saying. Or you missed the workout that you planned and so you got to take away and ate two puddings, but God's there saying, I love you, just saying. Or you're playing this really awesome game on the playground and someone comes over and says, can I join you? And you say no, and then you feel really bad about it because you probably should have said yes. But God's there saying, I love you, just saying. It's all about grace. It's all about God's grace. There's this beautiful song with a spoken poem in it um, written by a worship leader called Jason Upton. And it it captures this this father-child relationship so beautifully and... Every time I read it, I just think, this, this is all I really want. This is what I want for this year. And it says this, everything you do, I want to do with you. Because doing things with you, it makes me happy. Everything you say, I want to say it to you because even when I say it wrong, we just start laughing. Merciful Father, I'm learning to trust you love me the way that I am. And my simple desire to help you means more to you than whether I really can. Merciful Father, I'm learning to trust that you love me the way that I am. And my simple desire to help you means more to you than whether I really can. This isn't about striving. And this isn't about using and developing core strength to hold ourselves up. It's not about self-determination or just hoping that pure self-will will get us there and achieve things or keep us going. This is about being countercultural. It's about knowing that our core strength is God's grace and putting our effort into entering that rest and that presence. When the world says, get planking, I will sit in my armchair and I'll lean back on the Father's support. And that's not me saying health isn't important. Sometimes you need to get planking. (laughs) But this is way bigger than our 2022 exercise regime. This is about what source we're living from, what mindset we're living with and who we're living for. The world says, do it by you, make it about you and do it for you. But 
as Christians, as followers of Christ, we're called to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit, with the mindset of Christ, for the love of the Father, not because God's a narcissist and wants it all to be about him, but because he loves us, because his way is so much better, and because it's in his image that we were made. And so if we're not entering his presence, we're not looking at him, how can we truly know ourselves anyway? And the awesome news about this is that God's rest, God's presence isn't restricted to a literal place or a moment in time. No, this this verse, it is referring to a Sabbath day, but it's also tapping into a revelation that if God's presence, if God's rest is something that we can enter into, then that's a rest we can experience every day. We can live from that place, not come and find it when we're desperate for it. It's not about powering, powering through days and weeks and going as hard as we can for as long as we can and then just crashing into God at the end of it all. It's about making a daily choice to enter into that rest and live from that place, to make our decisions from there, to think from there, to love from there, to enjoy from there, to work from there. That's what living in the overflow of God really looks like. And if we do it well and do it properly, we shouldn't really ever grow, go, grow weary or faint or downhearted. But obviously we all know that's a lot, a lot easier said than done. Because it's a practice. It is an exercise. And in this new year, God is calling us to appreciate that the exercise of entering into his presence is the best one we can pour all of our energy into this year. Imagine that, the only thing you set out to do this year, to pursue, is to learn how to be slow and well-rested with God, to enter into his presence daily. I don't know about you, but the pure thought of that just makes me smile. It makes all of the other stress go away, and I'm like, yes, that sounds so good. And sometimes I think, gosh, that sounds a little bit unrealistic, but then the Holy Spirit reminds me, no, it isn't, because this is a heart posture thing. This isn't a calendar thing necessarily. It isn't about doing as little as possible every day or necessarily filling the day with seven hours of prayer. This is about learning to enjoy God and move at his pace every day. And so along with putting time aside every day to to entering God's rest, and that doesn't have to be a big thing, by the way, and that's not just something for the adults too. We can all do that. We can all wake up and say, hi, Jesus, I'm here. Are you here too? Great. Let's go and do the day. Alongside doing that, this, this passage does mention something called Sabbath. Um, and I, I could go into the depths of Sabbath, but we kind of need a whole other talk about that. Um, but I'll summarize the key parts just by saying Sabbath is essential. It's not some clunky Old Testament practice that's now unnecessary and outdated. It was literally written into the way that God created life. And if we take Sabbath seriously, we create space for God to come and bring us further into freedom and fill our souls with abundant life. Um, I had Sabbath explained to me as uh, it should be a mini holiday day at some point every week, which makes it sound really awesome. Maybe we should start calling it that. How's your mini holiday day gone today? Um, there's, a, there's a brilliant bit of teaching on Sabbath by a Christian leader called John Mark Comer. And I actually really encourage you to go um, on to a website called practicingtheway.org. And there's a, a really awesome bunch of teaching on Sabbath and then some really helpful things that you can do to implement Sabbath into your life. 
And I followed this and it completely transformed my understanding of Sabbath. And it has this really simple but really fruitful exercise in there. Um, and I'm going to share it with us now because it's something that we can all do and something I really, really encourage you to do because it's super helpful. And it's just three things. First, you write down a list of all the things that you, you don't find particularly life-bringing. And this can be everything and anything. The first time I did this exercise, I literally wrote down having a shower because that's something that I just, every time I'm like, oh, such an effort, I have to go and get in the shower. Um, and it's amazing what you discover you really don't find very life-bringing. And then when you've done that list, you then sit down and write a list of everything that you do find life-bringing. And this isn't just like things that you kind of enjoy or find fun. This is a list of stuff that when you think about doing that, it feeds your soul. It brings you life. It could be having a meal with friends. It could be going out for a walk in creation. It could be reading a really great book. It could be worshiping or praying or taking a bath, whatever it is. And then following that, with those things in mind, and then thinking about a day that restores you and fills you with God's goodness. You then write down what your ideal Sabbath looks like. And you make sure that you highlight specifically what you wanna to do to mark the start and the end of that Sabbath. And then the only thing you're left to do within the week is to prepare yourself for that day, to make sure that you get all of those life tasks and the non-life bringing stuff done before that day. And then you rock up on your mini holiday day and you lean back into God and you watch how he uses Sabbath to transform your heart posture and your attitude to life. And it's incredible. It's a new year, but it's the same Jesus. And it's a new year, but it's the same you. Because God's not interested in starting from scratch with you at the beginning of every year. When we say yes to Jesus, we say yes to a lifelong journey of learning to become more like him and falling more in love with the God that made us and saved us. Maybe this year is less about starting new resolutions and trying harder. And it's just about pressing into what God's already doing and discovering more of who he is. Jesus gave us the big reset when he died on the cross and rose again for us. And if we've already started following Jesus, then God is already in the process of making us a new creation. Our, our sanctification has already begun. So we don't need to muster up the willpower at the beginning of every year to be bigger and to be better and to do more and achieve more. In a lot of ways, that's just us completely undermining the power of what Jesus achieved on the cross. This is all about grace the undeserved gift of being known, chosen, seen, and loved by the maker of the universe. He's not fussed about a new year, new us. As always, he's loving and kind and simply invites us into a new year with more of him.